All right. Well, today we are continuing in our section called Rulers Above and Below. Remember, we're in Genesis chapter 1, and we're talking about those rulers of above and those rulers below um, that we were talking about. And remember, last week we were talking about just the rulers of above. Um, I don't know if we'll get to the rulers below, to be honest with you. I doubt it. Um, but we're talking about, yes, son. Yeah, a box fan. That'd be smart, but not right now. <laughs> um, all right, so we're talking about rulers above. Remember, we were talking about uh, this comes from Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 and on. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night, and they will serve as signs for the seasons and for the days of the year, and they will be lights in the expanse of the sky to provide lights on the earth. And it was so. Uh, and God made two great lights, the greater light to rule over the day and the lesser to rule over the night. And God placed them in the expanse of the sky to provide lights. And when I first read this, we saw, you know, my first instinct is, well, it's the sun and the moon, move on. Uh, but as we read other places in the scriptures and we read further on, we start seeing that these are, uh, will become what people refer to as the rulers above, what we commonly know as angels. The uh, other places that we can look for them are, uh, we've, we've called them the uh, part of the Elohim. Elohim is a fun word that could mean God, could mean gods, or any spiritual being, including uh, uh, humans who have departed, apparently. If we go to the Witch of Endor story, um, um, Samuel is referred to as an Elohim. Um, so, uh, so any spiritual, so it's, so it's a fun word that can be, uh, so we've referred to, so angels that we, what we commonly call angels is referred to, could be Elohim. Sons of God is another, uh, place we see it, uh, as, as being, uh, but that also references us. Um, the heavenly host, which, um, I was reminded, uh, last week, um, uh, we got to put host in its proper definition. When I say host, I'm not referencing, um, uh, you know, uh, the evasions of the body snatchers um, or, um, or the wafers that we eat. Um, um, host referencing things that dwell within. Um, so the heavenly host, the things that dwell in heaven. Um, the uh Lord's armies um, is another thing that they get called in there. Um, but we know them commonly as angels. Now, I'm personally, this is a personal preference. This, I'm not saying we're going to condemn all people. That I personally don't like the term angel um, because I think it lacks um, a full understanding of what it is. Um, see, when I hear the word angel, I think of where it comes from in the Hebrew and the Greek, and angel is, doesn't, like, there are more beings up there than just the angel characters. Um, let me, let me explain that. Um, angel, um, well, um, Okay, let's 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 put things some things in their context. Um, okay, remember one of those stories we talked about where uh, Jacob, and he's um, at the feet. He falls asleep, right, and he, he has this stone concussion, and he's uh, no, he he falls asleep on the stone, and he looks up. He's at Bethel, uh, the house of God, and he looks up and he sees that that portal that up there where he's seeing into heaven, and he sees this ladder or the stairway that uh, is going up there, and uh, Yahweh is standing on top of it, and he calls it the great gate of heaven. But he also sees some creatures, you know, cruising up and down, you know. Um, um, and they're, um, 
and they're called angels of God. Um, and um, when we hear the term angel, we automatically, I think a lot of us automatically think of those creatures we see in, uh, you know, on, on Christmas cards or on, you know, video games or, you know, the great creatures with the wings and the, you know, or maybe some of them are wearing, playing harps or, uh, you know, and the halos. Um, and, and, uh, and, and, but angels of God, um, they, these are the lights up in the rakia. They are the, they move, they're animated. Uh, remember that rakia is that dome. And, um, and so he's seeing this, uh, I think I put him, put it down. Yeah. Um, and so he drew Sarah's and, and he's reached, and angels were going up on down it. And, and um, the word angels comes from the Greek word angelos. Uh, so angel is actually not an English word. It's a, uh, it's a word that uh, is Greek with English letters. And, um, and it means messenger. That's what it means. It means messenger. Um, and it could refer to a human or a non-human messenger. Um, the, um, the Hebrew that we have in this passage right here is the word malak, M-A-L-A-K, malak. It's actually more of like, ah, but malak, <laughs> which, um, than just our normal K, which also means messenger, um, non-human or non-messenger, um, I don't have that slide on here. That's cool. Um, which is unfortunate because I'm pretty sure I put it on there. Mm, that's cool anyways. I know I put it on there. Second uh, Kings 19.2. Yep, I don't have that one on there. I know I put it on there. It must not have synced properly. That's cool. Um, so, so sorry, you don't have the slide of this one. So Jebel, uh, Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah. Now, obviously, the messenger is a human person. Jezebel, very evil queen uh, of, of, you know, and it says sent a malach. The word there is malach to Elijah saying, may the gods punish me and do so severely with me at this time. A human messenger. Luke chapter 7, verse 24. John's messengers left John's uh, angelos is the word there uh, because it's in Greek. Uh, Luke is New Testament, so it's in Greek. Uh, John's angelos uh, left. He began to speak the crowds to John. Human messenger. Um, Haggai 1. The Lord's, uh, Haggai is a, a, a prophet, right? Um, and Haggai is mentioned as a malach. He himself is a prophet and he's the messenger. Uh, malach. Uh, uh, Malachi. You guys know the book Malachi? It literally means my messenger. It's could be his actual name or it could be a title given to him. Um, it means my messenger. Uh, so Malach is, uh, uh, Malachi is, um, is, is a Malach. Uh, see, one of our things, our English translations um, do most of the work for us. See, when they say, well, it's a human messenger, it says, uses the word messenger. But when it's a divine messenger, it uses the word angel. Now, there are some passages that people argue about. And so some of your translations have different words. And, you know, like one might use messenger. one But for the most part, it's pretty clear if whether it's a divine being or, an, or not a divine being. The rest of the passage makes that. Um, 
pretty clear. Um, so this variety of, uh, uh, you know, so this title, angel, um, is, is used and, and, um, and uh, it's, it's a, this word angel or angelos, it's uh, the, all these, these titles, they're, um, they, so, so when we see the word angel, it's, it's a word of function, not a word of description. What do I mean by that? It's a word that tells us the job that they're performing, maybe even at that time, uh, maybe that is all their job for some of them, maybe. And some of them, we have like um, an archangel in the, in the New Testament. Is he just the head of the messengers? Or is he, uh, he's, uh, you know, uh, or is that all heavenly beings? Because by the time the New Testament comes around, we have places where angel is used as messenger. But we also see that word also start to mean all heavenly beings. Because we as humans love to do that kind of stuff, right? You know, uh, we get less and less specific with things. Um, other examples of that in the Bible may be things like sometimes Judea references just people from Judea. And sometimes it refers to all the Jewish people. And sometimes it's hard to know which one they're talking about. <laughs> um, so... Um, so, you know, we, we do that kind of stuff all the time. You know, we, we're, we're, we're good or bad about that. We kind of lump everything together. And, uh, and so angelos um, can reference, uh, so, so, it's, so, you know, when we talk about like Michael, the archangel, you know, or what, is, or what are they really talking about there? We, we know he's a, uh, a defender or prince, you know, because we got some in, more information on him in Daniel. Um, but... Um, but what exactly does that look like? Are there more archangels? According to tradition, of, you know, there's seven archangels, but the Bible only lists one of them as an archangel. And, um, so we have these questions that, you know, what does this mean? Um, but, um, but so, the, but the word in, in for especially in the Old Testament, so like in Genesis, it's a it's a word of function. Um, of what they're doing. And uh, there's other titles for, for creatures in the heavenly host that aren't messengers. Like, can, what, are, what are the two other ones that, we, that are really prevalent? Okay, there's the four living creatures. They don't really have a name. They're just called the four living creatures. You could probably put them in one of the other piles, but we're not really like, they don't really fit with the other ones. So they're the four living creatures, Absolutely. What else do we have? Cherubim, yeah, yep, which is uh, a plural for cherub, not the little fat guy with his diaper on. That is, that is, all, that is from a cartoon, not what the Bible says. Uh, go read Genesis chapter 3. That was a cherub. Um, the, the word cherub, interesting word. Uh, we'll probably cover this again and more in detail when we get to Genesis chapter 3. You know, we will get there. Um, but uh, the word cherub, probably, and I remember reading this, and I'm pretty sure it was Akkadian, but it means something like the blessing one, or, um, and, and we think about the blessing, so, and I haven't read every passages that have cherub in it as, you know, like, is this a blessing, or how does this work out as a blessing, you know, um, but like, like Genesis chapter 3, um, you know, when God puts a cherub with a flaming sword in front of it. You know, a lot of times we want to, that's militant. We, a lot of times in our culture, we want to say he's keeping us out. That's bad. But that was actually a blessing. The cherub is a blessing one uh, because he's keeping us from the tree of life in our fallen state. Um, so anyways, but the, the cherub... Um, begins to be, and, and of course the cherub also, um, as, as we see time go on, they start using that word more and, you know, less and less as just the blessing ones and more and more is to refer to uh, other, uh, other things. But um, 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 there's one passage in, oh shoot, my mind's gone blank. 
Um, I think it's Ezekiel, but it might be another one. Anyway, it's an Old Testament passage. That if you apply it to Satan, and some people do, not everyone does, then Satan was a cherub. But you have to apply that passage, but it doesn't specifically say Satan at that time. So, uh, but, you know, um, uh, some people do. And I'll have to look that up, what that passage was again. I can't remember off the top of my head, and all of a sudden. Um, anyways, um, but we have the cherubim. We also have the seraphim, the burning ones. Um, and we're probably supposed to think more of like a serpent kind of structure with them, with uh, six wings. Um, they were probably thinking more along the lines of like in, in Babylonian mythology, you have all these artwork with the serpent looking grays with wings, and that's probably something along the lines. Uh, burning ones, the seraphim uh, often, or uh, seraph, uh, the word burning one also often refers to the venom of a, of a viper um, in, in several passages. Um, so there's a close correlation between serpents in, in that mindset. Um, but these burning ones, I love the seraphim, especially in chapter 6 of Isaiah. The burning ones take burning coal and burn, some, burn his lips. It's uh, a lot of fun for me. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, so we have these different creatures that are out there. Now, we just kind of lump them all into angels. Um, and, and we really see that starting to happen by the time of the New Testament. But it's solidified by the time we get that Latin version of the, of the, new, of the, the Bible. When it's translated in Latin. Because the word angelus in Latin just means heavenly beings. So we have it just meaning heavenly beings by the time it, it refers to it in Latin. Wait, let's see. There we go. I'm back on. Um, okay. Yeah. No, it's... Um, the, yeah, the angel of the Lord tech, uh, um, is a definitely an interesting case um, that um, um, we could do some different works on. If you're really interested in angels, we'll probably do more work as we go through. Um, I'm not done talking about them now, but if you're really interested in them, I recommend you read the book Angels by Michael Heisner. His stuff is fantastic on this subject. Um, uh, he also does the unseen realm and a book on demons as well. Um, that Heisler, uh, Heisler, um, no. Let me look up how to spell it. I'm not gonna. There you go. Listen to her. H e i s e r. Um. Yeah. She's used to spelling things for me. My dysgraphia gets in the way a lot with that. Um, yeah. Um, but most angels, in the, especially in the Old Testament, they show up and it says that they don't even, we don't even know if they're human or divine until something happens. We have no idea. They look human, so like, so it's, they're not the seraphim. They're not the cher, uh, cherub. They're, they're, they're. These are most of the time when the messengers show up. They look exactly like us. They don't have the wings. I think that would be a dead giveaway. There's something different about you. Um, maybe the long hair. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so uh, these, but they, you know, but, but these these creatures, they, but angels uh, are said to be. Um, they look exactly like us. We don't even know. And uh, even uh, the Bible tells us uh, that you know to be uh, kind to your neighbors, and and because you might be entertaining angels unaware, you may be entertaining something that we don't know, because you can't always tell the difference between them. Um, in the scriptures, like. For example, the, the two men that come visit Abraham, he sees them. They're just two men. And it's not until something happens that we're like, oh, those are divine characters. You know, 
Those are divine people. Or even like uh, Lot, they go and visit Lot, and they're like, I'm just, these are two men. And then they, you know, protect the house and, and, and do all kinds of angelly things, divinely things, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> these guys are a little different. Um, well, but we, we, we would assume that they're handsome, but we don't actually know that. Is there, I mean, they well, they, they, but what defines attractiveness? I've met people that anything with four le- with anything with two legs will do. Um, I mean, I'm just well, but how far? I mean, how far gone do you have to be for God to destroy it? I mean. Um, we like to assume that they're at least attractive. That helps us in our minds. But it says that, they're, that we could be watching them unaware. They could be showing up and we just don't know. Um, but um, but these, these characters are in the biblical story. And in Genesis 1, he, they're, they're introduced right off the bat in Genesis chapter 1. Um, that, that God said, let there be lights in the, in, you know, in the expanse of society separate right there. And, and they have a role. Um, their, their responsibility is to do things that God did on day one. I find that interesting. God isn't saying he's not capable. But he's delegating some authority. He's saying... I've already created light. I've already separated light from darkness. I've already, but I'm now delegating that responsibility to you guys. And we're told, um, let them be for, and we're given this description here. The, the first word is signs. Um, signs, uh, which is... Um, uh, signs for the which is um, um, a clear indication that they're 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 time markers. They're you know the word seasons. Uh, now in Hebrew, the word seasons doesn't mean the same thing that our when we think seasons, right? What do you think of when you think of seasons, right? Hot and cold. That's where we live in Laughlin. Hot and cold. Um, <laughs> uh, but more traditionally, we think like winter, fall, summer, and spring, right? Uh, that's not what they would have thought of. Um, the word season in the Hebrew minds that uh, it's uh, a word, it, it, it comes from, uh, it's, it's the word moedim, um, singular moed, which is the appointed festivals. Uh, later on, when we see the seven festivals, Israel's calendar itemized in Leviticus chapter 23, you know, Passover, Day of Atonement, Tabernacles, all those. Um, that's Moedim. So the Moedim um, is, is in, that are in the Israelite calendar are, are from their, the reader's perspective is like all the way back in Genesis chapter 1. The angels are there to control over the festival seasons. And there are seven of those festival seasons. Um, that's probably one of the ways that there develops into this idea of seven archangels. Um, you know, that aren't in the scriptures. I mean, you can look at Ez, Ez, Second Esdras and Tobit. Um, Azrael is probably my favorite. He's the one that's over in, in later Catholic and, and Jewish tradition. He's the one who's over the Passover. He's the one, who, uh, angel of death, that passes over. Um, but um, that's not in our scriptures. So that's all stuff that has come later on. Um, but yeah, so this, um, but the Moedim, so when they think, they hear si- seasons, they're, they're not thinking winter, fall, spring. They're thinking the, the time of the festivals. Um, and so the days and the years, that, and, and you know, um, 
And the lights in the sky serve as markers of the calendar of time. And so they're, um, and they're, they're signs. And they're signs of, uh, signs, interesting Hebrew word. Uh, it's, it's, it's not exciting, kind of interesting. It's just the word oat. Um, uh, and it, it does what signs does, you know. Um, it, um, but, um, uh, but um, they are, um, for seasons, years, and, um, and, and the, for the symbols of the seasons, um, symbol is a really interesting idea. Have anyone done symbol, the study of symbols in, in different cultures? Oh, it's fascinating. What do symbols mean? And we use symbols all the time, don't we? Yeah. Think about it. What, what is symbolic in our society? Oh, the Christmas tree. That's a wonderful example. What does the Christmas tree represent? Anyone know? Christmas! Absolutely. Now, it's an it's a, a evergreen representing eternal life. We bring it in and light it up because it represents the eternal light of Christ. Um, there's an angel thing on top because Santa Claus was told, told her where she, he, she could shove it. Um, <laughs> No, that's an old joke my papa used to tell me. Um, uh, but uh, no, there's either a star on top representing the star of Bethlehem. It's symbolic. Um, you know, we, the cross is a perfect symbol for, uh, though it hasn't always represented Christ, the cross has represented many things throughout history. Um, death when it was crossed, but also other things throughout history. Or the swatsika. Uh, what's the swatsika uh, represent? The Nazi symbol, right? Before that was Hindu. And it represented uh, like eternal peace and stuff like that. The fish. Uh, yeah, the ichthus. Um, representing uh, Christ. And, um the dove representing the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. See, they're all symbols that we see of. Um, and symbols and images in the scriptures are something that sometimes we have trouble with. Like, what does this represent? We can either take some of these symbols literally, which sometimes is good. And sometimes we're like, whoa, that, you know, aren't, is it meant to be symbol? And sometimes we have trouble knowing when to do, you know, when do we take it literally? When do we not take it literally? Um, I've met people that take everything literally, and then you run into trouble with some things. And I've, I've met people that take everything figuratively, and you run into trouble. And you know, most of us are kind of you know we have yeah, happy middle, <laughs> but it can be a challenge. Um, and and some of the problems we have with the symbols is we're not second century Jews or older. Uh, so some of the symbols that we see, we're like, well, what does that mean to them? We can put what it means to us. Um, but um, um, yeah. Um, I'm going to skip over that one. We're going to skip that. Um, let's go to Exodus chapter thir uh, tw uh, 3, uh, 12. Here's a, a fun uh, sign. Um, now, uh, this, is a, um, this is the burning bush story, right? Um, and... Um, and, and Moses has taken off his shoes and he's, um, um, you know, has this, uh, you know, burning bush in front of him and he's cuddled up to it. And, um, and Moses, uh, God tells Moses, hey, I'm going to bring you to the people where, and I'm going to tell you uh, where to go uh, to this mountain. And, uh, and he tells, tells Moses, you know, surely... Um, I will be with you, and, and this will be the sign to you that I am with you, that uh, when you bring out Egypt and, um, and the oat that is there, 
um, um, is, um, is, is, is that snake, right? No. Um, you know, it, but um, yeah, the oat that I have sent you, and with the whole, uh, when the whole thing's over, the people are going to wonder, you know, um, by the seventh time Pharaoh says, I won't let people go, um, God's showing off his signs. Um, but when but God has Moses has to trust God that, that I'm going to give you some signs that, that that's as ready, and um, and the burning bush is is a sign of the ultimate the glory of cloud that will hover over that same mountain like that the burning bush I, I think it's interesting the burning bush is is like a little 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 fire a little cloud that's for Moses and then. By the time we come back to the, after the Exodus event, they're at the mountain and there's a big cloud, and a big fire, and a, you know, um, it's, uh, it's uh, a point where there's uh, the signs, uh, uh, there's a, a mixture between the signs and reality and it's, um, um, so anyways, um, I'm getting off track. Um, talk about that. I'm skipping a couple things. Forgive me. Partly because we already talked over some of them and we don't need to do it again. Um, yeah, so we're talking about the divine counsel of God. We're, let's go back to that idea. We're going back. To, the idea is that the angels um, that we refer to as angels are uh, also called the divine counsel, the sons of Elohim, sons of God. Um, and it's like God has this support staff team that accomplishes his purpose on heaven and earth. And, um, and the, this is his preferred and ultimate means of accomplishing his will on earth is through some creatures to symbolize him in a really unique and significant world, uh, way. Uh, and these rulers above are... Are, are less than what will become the rulers below. And they're going to be even more significant, and they're going to be even more special, and they're going to be even more to symbolize God. Those are, what's the rulers below? Us. Us. We're not talking about the demons. Those are, that's a, something different. The rulers above, yeah, the rulers above are the angels. The rulers below are the are us. Um, and so we really have this two-tier kind of thing going on there. Yes, we have the stars in the sky and the sun and the moon, and we have that image going on, but we also have this heavenly host image that's going on, like kind of behind the scenes. Um, and this kind of thinking is, is fairly popular in ancient Near East writings, where you see things happening on two different levels. Um, and uh, it can get confusing for us. Um, because we're not used to that kind of thinking, you know, uh, except in English class where you're like, I don't think that really means what you said, what the teacher says it means. You remember that? You remember we had that argument with your English teacher? Um, no, just me? Okay. <laughs> me and Lene back there. <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't, I don't agree with you. Um, but, um, but yeah, in, in ancient writings, it was actually pretty common to have this. And we see that they have thought, like, if it was just, like, the rulers above, sun and moon, and they left it, but throughout the rest of the scriptures, we see the same imagery being going back to the angels, and the stars being the angels, and, and that, the heavenly council and stuff like that. We see the imagery over and over again, like in the Psalms and, um, and even Revelation, um, we see the same imagery. So we know that this is kind of some of the things that they were thinking about. Um, 
And, and you know, and we see those, uh, in those um, the ancient cosmologies. Uh, we were talking about last week about how, how, how much we miss because we can't see the lights. I think that's pretty, pretty common for us today. Um, so we really miss how, you know, like, well, how could you think those are, in ancient cultures, like, if we were talking about ancient Canaanite, Egypt, Babylonian, um, these stars, moons, stars, they became gods in their minds. They became the gods. Um, and, uh, and, and their movements determine your fate. I mean, your horoscope that is in the paper is not new. <laughs> um, that idea has been around for thousands of years um, it, because they, they have this, this idea that you were, you know, the stars could determine what's going on with who you are and what's, you know, um, you know, um, but the idea that, but so they, so it's really unique among the ancient areas in Israel's biblical worldview. We use that word to Israel quite a bit in this society because they're unique. Um, they're, uh, you know, the stars, the moon, the star, sun, they're important, but they're not God. And so that really sets them apart in this area of the world that they're living in. Um, they're saying these are creatures, these are he the heavenly host, these are the sons of Elohim, these are they're the rulers above, but they're not in charge. Now, for us, we're like, well, of course they're not, you know, like the sun, moon, we, you know, only weird people believe in all that stuff, but... Uh, but in a society like the Babylonians and the Canaanites, the Egyptians, that was life. That was how they thought. The idea that they weren't in charge would have been more strange. Us today would have been totally crazy to them. You don't believe in the gods? Look up there. You can see it. That's raw. That's, you know, it would have been so crazy for them to think that, you know, who do you think is carrying the sun across the sky? You know? They would have been like, uh, we're, we're like, well, that's silly. But no, in their mindset, we're the silly ones. And so when they say, when Israel, the Bible says, in the Israel biblical worldview, they're important. They're the rulers above. God has given them some authority, but they're not in charge. They're not God. Well, you're standing out. You're like separating yourself. You're really different from those all around you. And, um, you know, and, and, and all around them, they have shrines. And, um, you know, on the corner, you know, you go to some of these places like in Egypt and, and Babylonia, there are hundreds of shrines. You go to the shrine on the corner to worship because you got to keep them happy. You got to keep these gods happy. You know, because if they're not happy, then it's bad for you, right? Uh, you know, if your horoscope turns out wrong, you're done for. Um, and, um, but yeah, so they, they really, this really would have made them stand out. There's, there's something that we're going to talk about in Genesis chapter 1 that it makes stands out even more, but we'll, talk, we'll get there um, next week. Um, but... Um, yeah, but the, you know these symbols—they were actually worshipped, uh, and uh, you know, uh, in Deuteronomy four nineteen. I don't know if I have that slide out here. There it is, right there. Deuteronomy four nineteen. Um, were the Israelites were warned: don't follow everyone else around you. When you look at the heavens and you see the sun, the moon, and the stars, all the stars in the sky. Don't be led astray to worship them or bow down to them and serve them. The Lord your God has provided them for people everywhere under the heavens. Don't do it. Um, when you, you know, the, the word there actually, because we have this, uh, this um, 
when you look at the heavens and see the moon, the stars, and the sky, all the stars in the sky, and in and, and the Hebrew it actually says something like the host of heaven right there. It says when you see the sun, the moon, the stars, and the host of heaven. So we've, we've, we've Englandized it. It says the host of heaven, like the angels. You're going to be tempted to worship these things. You can see them. You're going to be, everyone around you is worshiping them. They're right there, uh, you know. Don't fall for that temptation. Um, and when we, we have that word in the Genesis, um, let us, as... Um, let us create man in our own image. Let us, um, most common evangelical tradition is it's a nod to Trinity. And I'm not saying it's not, but I'm saying if you just go to Trinity, you're missing something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so I'm not saying this isn't Trinitarian link, but I'm not saying it's not just Trinitarian talk. Because the idea of Trinity actually develops as we go. Um, but they are talking, um, let us, in the sense, like in Genesis chapter 3, the Lord said, since man has become like one of us, um, he's actually saying God, they've become an Elo, like the Elohim, a spiritual being. They've permitted themselves and gave themselves permission to a attain divine authority uh, to define what is good and evil, which, by the way, we've proven we're not good at um, defining what is good and evil. Because it's not just knowing, like we say, well, we know it's good and evil. No, when, when, when you're reading the passage, it's actually more like to define what it is, to define what good and evil is. And so they've given themselves the, um, the ability that's reserved for God uh, like for you know to define what is good and evil, and uh, and so they're expelled and and God um, when in Babylonian there's another passage um, uh, Babylon he says let us go down, and when God shows up to Sodom and Gomorrah there's God and two other spirits there, um, it's um, let us is, is, is a consistent theme in Genesis, God working with his crew. Um, uh, Genesis chapter one. Then God said, let us make man in our own image, which, you know, according to our likeness, um, they will rule the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and the livestock and and we got this whole image. Uh, so uh, the poem after, uh, so God, uh, I like this, so God created uh, human, oh, that's the word for human there, Adam, in his, his own image. Um, so God singular creates human in his own image um, and, and, and humans, um, and we're going to talk about this next week. Um, yeah, next week. Um, the uh, humans are similar to the heavenly symbols and images, but they're very, they're very set apart because they're the only ones created in God's image, the creator's image, which the heavenly host doesn't seem to be created in his image. So let us create in our image. Um, that's not shared by the heavens. Um and I know some, some, for some of you, this is like, you know, I'm trying to force you through something that took me a long time to work out. Um, so I totally recognize and honor you because this is not how. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but I, th I think this clears up some, some confusion. Um, the, the, you know, um, you know, this heavenly host is different from us. You know, uh, so let us, and I know how we get to the Trinitarian. I just think if we jump there, we're, we're missing something. Um, because let us, this heavenly host, um, 
you know, like when we die, we don't become angels. Um, you know, they were created differently than us. Um, they, they are agents of the divine will in ordering and being orders of time. Um, and so they assist in God in the separation of the light and darkness. Um, and uh, I know most of you don't, you know, sit around and read Second Jewish, uh, Second Temple period uh, Jewish liter- literature. Um, but if you did, you would come across this book named Enoch, um, which has some really weird stuff in it. It's uh, the the first Enoch is written by. Um, someone as if they were Enoch and um, the guy who gets taken away into heaven in Genesis, you know, that, that uh, it's not written by him, but uh, it's written much later. But, um, but the whole thing is about these rebel angels who lead Israel astray by um, making a, taking them away from, from, from the true calendar. Um, they were written in a time um, where there's a dispute in the temple. This uh, pre, in the, you know, this is where in, in pre uh, Jesus Jerusalem, um, where they're, they're, they've got this argument going on. We've got the Jewish seasons where we've got the temple, uh, the seasons, um, but they're also having this argument going on. Um, should we switch to the solar calendar? The lunar calendar versus the solar calendar. The, the festival calendar versus the, the what calendar everyone else is using. And, um, and so in the story, um, the group that believed the solar calendar, um, uh, you know, um, you know, produced the book of Enoch. And, and so they... Um, um, so they think everyone in the temple Jerusalem are being inspired by demonic angels who are making the stars go crazy and, and, and it's, you know, they're supposed to be the guardians of time, but they're not. And it's, it's a really kind of an interesting story. But, um, but it was all about calendar movement. That's, that's what I'm getting to. Um, the angels in, in, in their mind, the angels in heaven are all about the calendar movements, the ordering of time. Um, Um, so yeah, so so like I said, uh, you know, um, let us. Um, it, 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 it will f- we shouldn't just jump and say that's just Trinitarian talk, um, because it's it's more than just that. It's it's God and his his crew that are working, and he's put some some people in charge of things, and he's saying let's let us go down there. Let's you know, and we see this kind of counsel in uh, in Job. Uh, where there's a Hasatan character. And we can have the argument whether that's the the Hasatan or just another adversary. That's a different argument for a different day. Um, But um, but yeah. um, um, So... um, Yeah. So we have these these rulers above that are are there. Um, All right. I really want to move on to the rulers below, but we're going to do that next week. So we've got about eight minutes. Let's have those questions that I know are burning in you, and I'll have reserved the right to say we'll talk about it another day. But let's have those questions. Well, when it says that you know, that the, the stars and the moon do do something for the people. They tell us the time. They tell us, they, they, I mean, we in our society neglect all the things the sun and the moon do for us um, because we don't really, I mean, we got our lights on, we got our, <laughs> um, in a society that doesn't have all that, they're very important. I mean, a new moon uh, means, you know, when it's dark outside, there's no in there versus a full moon. Um, we don't, but, but everyone else around them did. There's, I mean, in Egypt, you've got, uh, you know, the sun uh, and, and the moon are, are deities and are, you know, or eyes of deities, depending on which time period you're talking about, and which gods you worship over others. And you have um, 
you know, in Egypt, you know, in, in Canaanite, uh, there's the, the gods of the sun and the moon. And uh, even Abraham's uh, father, according to uh, tradition, made idols for a god of the moon uh, god or a goddess, depending on the time period. And that's a different story. Uh, she, she, he changes uh, genders as we go through time. Um, <laughs> um, not like that. It's just they call them something different as we go through time. Um, there are gods that are gender fluid uh, out there. Um, but um, um, but uh, you know, so we have those out there. So, so yeah, so the, the, they do do a lot for us. I mean, they provide light. They provide a seasonal calendar. They can guide us when, you know, directional stuff in this is, you know, is, is, uh, yes, we're created. Yes. It doesn't tell us. It just says they were created. Yes. They said they were the rulers above and uh, they're the, the, they were just created. It doesn't say, we're not told, like we get a, a, a different story in Genesis chapter 2 about the creation of man and the forming of taking from the side of, of, um, of man and making woman and, 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 uh, and uh, we don't have a story of the first angel created. There's no story about which angel was first. We do have traditions that talk about uh, Lucifer, the great morning star, uh, which Lucifer, by the way, is a title, not a name. It's a pet peeve of mine. Um, it comes from the Latin, morning star. Um, but um, uh, being a head angel that was seduced by pride, but that's all stuff that... that um, you would have to say, when did that happen before, you know, and, and, and whatnot. And that's if you take some passages and apply it to that. And there's, there's just a lot of stuff we just don't know. Um, like, is he, was he the first angel? Well, that seems to be like not even close to what the Bible says. But, um, but there, you know, well, it actually doesn't even say he's the most powerful the angel. Um, he, Jesus says, I was there when, when he cast Hasatan down, probably referencing, um, Isaiah 17, which, uh, uh for, so, 714, um, 714, uh, that, uh, where he's talking about the king of Sire, the, uh, 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 Tyre, um, but he's, he's using it to reference this Hasatan character, this Lucifer uh, the devil of old that he was cast down. And like I said, this is all a lot of stuff that we're not really uh, focused because we're focusing on angels, not really demonology right now. Um, but, um, but it doesn't actually doesn't even say he was like the head angel. It was just that he was a Like if we were to go with tradition, okay, uh, we can make an argument for and against this. But uh, if we go with tradition, he was an angel, maybe a head angel, but whatever an, an angel, a heavenly being, um, if you, there's one passage that some people think he was a cherubim, other people think he was a seraphim, um, but he was a heavenly being um, that well, became prideful and take over God's spot. And then uh, he fell, he was cast down like a lightning bolt and a third of the angels went with him. Um, According to two different passages, if you uh, like Second Kings, this passage Second Kings that talks about a third of the fall, stars falling. Um, maybe, like I said, there's a passage that refers to him. If you apply that, it doesn't actually say it, but if you apply it to him, it, he would be a cherub. Um, it's it's all about do you apply that to Satan or not? And and there's some things that we, we just over history, there's a lot of things that have been said. Um, I'd have to look it up. I remembered it before I came here, and now it's it slipped my mind. Um, um, I'd have to look it up. I'll I'll try to shoot you an email with that one. Um, but um, but in 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 my opinion, 
the Lucifer character is actually the least important of the angels. And I know we like to credit him for a lot, but Satan deceives, but he doesn't control us. And a lot of what we do and we accredit to Satan is just us acting out our desires. Um, David. Ezekiel 28, thank you. That's the passage where he's, uh, where if you, assi- if you assign it to Satan, then he's a cherub. Thank you, David. Well, of the cherub. That's if you accredit it to Satan, well, not everyone does. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't say it's Satan. It doesn't say Uh huh. But you're still assigning something that's not specifically said. We're assuming some things and making some jumps. It's okay to make that jump, but I'm saying it's not specifically said, and not everyone does that. And I agree with you, but I'm just saying not everyone goes there. You have to assign that with him because it's not actually said. This is Satan. This is the devil. This is Lucifer. It's not actually said. We have to make that a jump by the language. Not everyone does that. Well, a third of the angels did fall. When did they fall? Were they with Satan at that time or was it later on in chapter 6 of Genesis? We can argue that another point in day two. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, how did they become demons? Did they become the demons or did the offspring of the Nephilim, the, 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 the angels and the humans become the demons? There's other arguments that can be made using the scriptures. The reality is we don't know a lot of things we pretend we know. Um, we can make some assumptions and we can say that we're, I know, I'm getting told I'm out of time. Uh, we can say this is how we think it is, yeah. and we might be right. We can make some ad- assumptions, but we don't know a lot of things. Yeah, you're right. We don't want to be dogmatic about it. We do know what they were in Genesis chapter 1, given to order the seasons. And like I said, I think the devil character that we like to talk about, more, when I, as soon as we talk about angels, let's talk about Satan. That's the least important thing we should be talking about when we talk about only, if we talk about a third of the angels fell, that means two-thirds didn't. Two-thirds didn't. So we should focus on the two-thirds, not the one-third. But our minds automatically go to the negative all the time, don't we? Um, I think that says something about us. Um, but, um, yeah, I do recommend the book Angels um, by Michael Heisler. Um, his, his book, uh, uh, Demons, is pretty good. And uh, I, his, my favorite was The Unseen Realm. That's kind of like, but that's the most academic of the three. Um, but uh, I do recommend those um, as you're talking about those. Um, Anyways, I have just been told we're out of time. Um, um, we're going to talk about rulers below. We're going to talk about us next week. Rulers of rulers below. Um, all right, let's close in prayer. Uh, Father God, Lord, I praise you today, Lord. I thank you for this wonderful blessing that you've uh, you've. Uh, you've blessed us with, that we, uh, we turn to you and we, we worship you. Uh, I thank you for just letting us gather uh, deeper into you. Help us to focus not on Hasatan, the adversary, but on you. Let's take our eyes off of Satan and put our eyes on you. If there's anything we can learn from this, it's not about him, it's about you. 
and what you're doing. Help us to be, um, to be thankful for the ordering of time that you have given us. That we worship you in this season and out through the, into the next and into the next age. Uh, whenever that may be. As we worship you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.